This is the Happy Rant Sports Podcast, in which Ted Cluck and Barnabas Piper rant about old sports, new sports, sports books, sports movies, and anything else related to sports that they feel like. Enjoy. Hey, welcome to the Happy Rant Sports Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined, as always, in studio by my good friends, my partner in radio, my partner in social distancing, the great Barnabas Piper. Pipe, we've got uh, we've got a, a little different episode idea on tap for today for Happy Rant Sports. In that, uh, with our extra time, I have unearthed uh, a condensed condensed versions of the greatest Viking season in history, 1998, and uh, I've gifted you with one of those today. So we're going to watch Vikings Cowboys uh, over the span of 15 minutes from 1998, and we're going to revel in that. Uh, successful time in Vikings history and Randy Moss history. And uh, I, I personally can't wait. I love 90s football. I love everything 90s football. I love the AstroTurf. I love fullbacks. I love Jim Kleinsasser. Um, I love old Texas Stadium with a hole in the roof. Um, I'm stoked about this, man. And I've not watched this game in forever, since 1998. I was, uh, I was actually living in Lithuania at the time. Oh, uh, we were that's... doing a year. Yeah. Yeah. We were, we were doing that year on the mission field. So my, my dad, man, God bless him. Just the greatest guy. He would, he would record these games on VHS. He would do like a game of the week for me and then just drop it in the mail and send it over. So like, that's a good dad. That's a phenomenal dad, man. So I was watching these games like three weeks late, sometimes never, you know, the, the Lithuanian, mail system sometimes they would like open your package steal whatever was in there sometimes they would like steal the good stuff leave some other stuff so it was like it was very catch as catch there's a lithuanian uh former postal worker who just loves ed mcdaniel now it's a hundred percent certain because they stole they stole your your games and just watch number 58 for the vikings make tackles for loss over and over and over again and, and fell in love with the game yeah, we made an Ed McDaniel enthusiast and a, probably a Randall McDaniel enthusiast, too. Oh, One of my man. favorite guards of all time. One of the most athletic, interesting guards of all time. Weird stance guy. Weird stance. Yeah, he had like the the stanky leg stance with the, the yeah. foot out behind him and had that monster face mask and a neck roll usually. And he was he was tiny for a guard compared yeah. to many of his – because the late 90s was like the the Dallas Cowboys, the Larry Allens, the you know 380-pound yeah. guard – types and he was he was maybe 275 280 he wasn't yeah. very big yeah. but he was amazing super athletic though yeah. could get to the next level was a great like pin and pull guy um awesome awesome guard looking forward to watching him so pipe besides and i want to hear like where you were and what your station in life was as you were as you were watching this unfold in real time but besides um besides randy moss who are you most like stoked to watch from this game i so uh Robert Griffith, who okay. was the Vikings' yeah. strong safety, is one of those players who, if you're a Minnesota Vikings fan, you probably had an affinity for him. He's the kind of safety who couldn't play today because yeah. he made a living breaking people's face masks. Um, exactly, dude. They, there were so many of those guys in the 90s. I loved oh, that. yeah. They would do like montages after the season of like the number of times his own face mask was replaced you know, nice. so like just the the mangled face mask. So he he was, I think he was number twenty four, uh, strong yep. safety for the Vikings. Um, I I'm excited to revisit Robert Smith, the running back. Yeah, 
Dude, Robert just, Smith was fun. Kind of a glider. Yeah, he was you know, really made good. Made it look effortless. He, I, I mainly remember he, all that ever got talked about was that he was a Big Ten sprint champion. Yeah. But I don't feel like that is enough merit to have been a multiple-year, thousand-yard rusher, uh, big play guy, and also yeah. a key part of the most explosive offense to that point in NFL history. Um. I'm trying yeah, to dude, because with track guys, you usually like you equate track guy with softness. Yeah. And he was not soft. Like he would finish runs. Would finish, I, I remember he, you know, he, he was, was a, not he wasn't between the tackles guy. Yeah, he was he was an upright runner, you know, which is mm-hmm. also a track guy thing. So he wasn't, you know, he wasn't yeah. like the Emmett Smith get low, you know, slide off right. contact guy. And he was really explosive, but he yeah, he was a long strider, really interesting guy. The other thing is I don't have a keen sense in my memory of the big three receivers for the Vikings. Obviously, the game we're going to yeah. watch is the Thanksgiving Day game against the Cowboys in 1998. So yeah. r- one of Randy Moss's big breakout games, of yep. he had many against the Cowboys. He he burned them to the ground. But, yeah. um, but Chris Carter and Jake Reed were on this team. Yep. And Carter, I have a ton of memories of because he was, you know, he's the the greatest receiver in Vikings history aside from Randy Moss. You know, just dude, also, such an awesome receiver. Yeah, probably the greatest possession receiver of the true possession receiver, like not a downfield guy at all. He he yeah, probably yeah. ran a you know four nine forty or something, but just sticky hands and could dude, always great get contested open. catch guy yeah. too. Sideline like, catches for days. Yeah, but then there's Jake Reed who mm-hmm. is kind of a forgotten guy. He had multiple thousand-yard seasons as well. And Dude, product of Grambling. He was an HBCU guy, which okay. is awesome. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, just he, he was sort of the in-between guy for them where, like, he's he was like 6'2", 215 pounds, so a big receiver, but not yeah. like Terrell Owens big or Randy Moss tall. Uh, he was kind of like an Alvin Harper. He would have been yeah. like an Alvin Harper on a normal team that didn't have two Hall of Famers on it. And and so I just I don't have any recollection. I mean, I remember two or three snapshots in my mind of him catching touchdowns and things like that, but mm-hmm. you don't put up multiple thousand yard seasons and kind of be a, a nothing guy. So I'm really excited yeah. to see him play. And then of course there's Randall Cunningham's throwing motion, which is one of <laughs> the weirdest, coolest things in football history. Yeah. Dude, the Randall Cunningham narrative of him like basically taking a sabbatical and then totally reinventing himself as a passer is to me one of the most fascinating like quarterback arc things yeah. ever. It's right up there to me with Vinny Testaverde sucking for like the first decade of his career being abysmal and then putting together a really interesting and good career like up until his mid 40s. Um, this Cunningham thing is right up there because this offense was electric. It was unstoppable, you know, and they they had yeah, these three elite receivers that you had to contend with, Robert Smith out of the backfield. Um, a really good line. I'm I'm excited to watch um, Dallas wise. Mark Stepnoski. Remember Mark Stepnoski was their center, and he played at about 255. He was yeah. like my size now. Um, just an absolute technician. Really interesting guy. Like who who was bookended on either side by Nate Newton and Larry Allen, who are both over 300 pounds. Yes. Um, so just a really interesting little like offensive line aesthetic thing there. Eric Williams, great tackle. Um, who's our other tackle? Mark Tune, I think. Um, one of the best offensive lines in the history of football. Yeah, I, I'm trying to, you know, you mentioned the Vikings offensive line, and, and immediately in my mind, it, I, 
I'm also excited here to watch Corey Stringer play. So totally, Corey Stringer dude, was their totally. right tackle, monster human, close to 400 pounds, um, yeah. who who actually died at a Vikings training camp a few years later from yeah. it was I think it was an enlarged heart and heat stroke. I mean, just really. Yeah. Not that there's a non-tragic death, but I mean, he was in his prime totally. and totally. just a, the Vikings haven't had a good right tackle since Corey Stringer died. So, um, dude, interesting Corey Stringer thing. I was, uh, so I broke my leg my senior year of high school and, um, I, I ended up having surgery on it. I broke it again my freshman year of college spring ball. Um, so I ended up getting surgery that spring. And when I was up in the hospital in Indianapolis getting my surgery, Corey Stringer was up there getting his NFL scouting combine physical. So like I got to, I got to meet and see Corey Stringer in person and he was just a mammoth human being, like just a huge guy, carried it well, seemed like a really amiable dude. Um, yeah, he, so had, yeah, a, he'll he be, had a reputation where, you know, it was the nineties. So everybody, there's sort of stereotypes and his bit, the biggest knock on him was that he was too nice. You know, yeah. the right tackle is supposed yeah. to be like the foaming at the mouth, eat defensive ends for breakfast, right. just snarling beast of a run blocker. And yep. he was just a really kind, gentle person who happened to be really good at football and enormous, too. Exactly. Who's your other tackle? Todd Stucey. Todd Stucey, who yep. Todd Stucey was like the consummate professional tackle for a long time, was good, but uh-huh. not amazing. Uh, yeah. My main recollection of Todd Stucey is that he had more false start penalties and holding penalties than any <laughs> uh, Vikings offensive lineman in history. Like he just, which is yeah. which is what happens when you're just a decent left tackle playing against really good defensive to, ends. You yeah, cheat a lot. you have to block these elite guys. Yeah. You know, you're going up against like Pat Swilling and Ricky Jackson and and all these great yeah pass rushers of the era. Um, Piper, are you ready to get into this? Yeah. Well, oh, actually. Tell me, tell yeah. me like your station in life in 1998 when you're watching this. Game. All right, so this is yeah, this is a very important thing to note. Pipers did not have a TV. We've covered this on the podcast at length. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and pipe. So this is a holiday game. It's Thanksgiving. Uh, Pipers also not big on bringing television into holiday celebrations. You know, they just yep. my yep. parents were like that. That was not a thing they thought was. Um, necessary or appropriate so some interesting relationship with the tv to say the least it was complicated it was complicated it wasn't a like a a moral eschewing as much as it was a skepticism and an acknowledgement that this thing will take over our lives so i think it was because we had guests coming over that we were able to finagle my parents into being willing to bring in like the tv with the rabbit ears so we brought it in we didn't even have a place for TV in our living room, so we set it up on our um, on the hearth of our fireplace, so right in front of the fireplace. Um, yeah. And I think it was probably like a 15-inch TV. It was tiny. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, get the rabbit ears set up and, and play this thing. And so I was – I would have been 14 at the time. So kind of prime uh-huh. – Oh yeah. Completely irrational fandom of teams. Like this was this was my my fandom apex cuz n- nobody loves yeah. teams like a 10 to 18 year old does. Um, Dude, that's so true. And so, so yeah, true. not rational, like the kind of yep. thing where when when losses happen, it it ruined my month. Um yep. that kind of thing. So 
that that was where we were watching this was my parents living room i'm 14 years old i'm completely irrationally in love with this team um the it's the best vikings team of my lifetime prior to that or since um yep and yeah and i just i loved every player on their team with the exception of todd stucy i cursed his name all the time um john <laughs> randall it. was on their defensive line he was my favorite vikings player ever still is yeah um randy moss's rookie year prior to this game so maybe a month prior month and a half prior i had gotten the chance to go to lambeau field with my dad um some people from his publishing company um had connections to the packers so got us tickets sure. to the monday night game when the Vikings uh, broke the Packers' 34 or 36 game home winning streak and uh, just beat the brakes off of them. So that was Randy Moss's true national breakout. Monday Night Football, absolutely. destroying Brett Favre at the peak of his powers. I think that was Packers coming off of a Super Bowl winning season. Um, yeah. And so the title Dude. in this game that we're going to watch says the game that made Randy Moss a legend. That is false. That was the Monday night yeah. game against the Packers. This is, this is the one that cemented him as the, the abuser of all things, Dallas Cowboys and the person who gave Jerry Jones nightmares. I love it, man. I love it. I definitely watched that Packers Vikings game in Lithuania. Like, and, and I rewatched it like 14 times. Um, we may have to do that one on the, on the program next pipe. If we enjoy doing this, um, are we ready to get into it? Do you want to count us in on the, on the tape? Yeah, let's, let's do this thing. Right. I'm excited. All right. Me so, too. and just for listeners sake, it's the condensed version of the game. So we're not doing this for three hours. It's basically just every play of the game. It's not, um, it's not the full broadcast. So don't worry. Yeah. I think it goes, yeah, it goes 15 minutes and listeners, if you want to listen uh, if you want to watch along with us, this is the time to queue up your the tape on your end. Yeah, I'll put the link in the show notes, both on the website and uh, and in the actual um, app itself. So whatever app you're listening in, you should see it in the show notes so you can pull it up. It's a 15-minute YouTube video, so you can watch along with us and, and uh, revel if you haven't given up on this already. All right, Ted, you ready? <laughs> yep, I'm ready. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. All right, so we're looking at a shot of panning the old Dallas stadium with its terrible <laughs> AstroTurf. Yeah, dude, I love it. I love the terrible AstroTurf. I love this old Fox graphic. Oh, yeah. All right, here we go. Robert Smith breaks off like a 12-yarder to start the game, or 8-yarder. Okay. A little, yeah, a little draw to Robert Smith. Who's your fullback in this? Is this pre-Kleinsasser? Yeah, uh, who is it? It was Charles Simber <clears throat> Brothers, number 29. Um I cannot remember. All right, deep shot down the field, third play of Dude, the game. Randy flicker. Moss in for a touchdown. So oh, my goodness. When this happened, yeah, it was a flea flicker. When this happened, I called the one Dallas Cowboys fan <laughs> friend I had on Thanksgiving, yeah. interrupted his dinner just to taunt him. He was one Dude, of our what youth an leaders. you were and at he just, 14. He just hung <laughs> up on me. It was great. <laughs> I love it. You were that guy in the youth group pipe. Oh, totally. I think. I think. Oh, the, Dude, look deep, at it. Dick's been airing it out right Irvin. here, too. Yeah, I forgot oh, I that Irvin it. was still in his prime. Absolutely. Dude, what were your <laughs> thoughts on Troy Aikman? Uh, I think Troy Aikman... Oh, there's Dwayne Rudd. I forgot about him. Um, Dwayne Rudd tackling Daryl the Moose Johnston, yeah. one of my favorite fullbacks of all time. Thoughts on Aikman? I, I think Aikman's overrated, but also it's hard to tell because he played in a system that featured... Oh, there's a... A little dude into the fullback. That's great. You don't see the fullback screen anymore. No, I love it. 
Dude, look at Robert Smith doing work between the tackles, Pipe. I forgot how shifty he was. Yeah. Dude, your other guard was David Dixon, who was huge. Yeah, David Dixon was a yeah, he's a Samoan guy who is yeah. yeah, he was he was close to 400 as well. There's Chris Carter with a huge touchdown. Wow. Um yeah, I forgot Dude. how fun it was watching Randall Cunningham throw up the seam. This offensive yours was just a Ferrari. And <laughs> no. also, can we uh can we appreciate that Viking uniform iteration? Oh, yeah, I think this is the this one was, you need to go This back. was the best one, yeah. A little so play good. action, Aikman down the field. Mm-hmm. Dude, who's, I love eighty-seven. I don't know, is man. That Austin? That? Not Miles Austin. He came. No, no, that's pre-Miles Austin. Also, Miles Austin wore number nineteen. Oh, that's. I don't right. know. We'll have to get a get a close-up of that guy later. Maybe is that rookie Jason Witten? No, no eighty. Yeah, exactly. I think that might have been a BB. Dude, you're right. That was late career Don Beebe. I love it. I love it. Dude, who was your center here? Jeff Christie? Jeff Christie, I think. Uh Uh-oh, here's Randy Moss putting in work again. Oh, is it coming back on a... Dude, where's the safety on that? Like, you you have one job as the safety. Your job (laughs) is to get over the top. I think this this, this was when people hadn't realized that you can't roll normal safety coverage to Moss. You had to yeah. basically just double cover him, but yeah. like brackets coverage with one guy like five yeah. yards deeper than you'd think he needed to be. Exactly. Number 27. That was Corey. Uh, not Corey Shavis. Who was that for the Vikings defense? I don't know. I cannot remember. Dude, I'm impressed with Robert Smith. Long strider, almost yeah. Eddie George like in that regard. Little play action. You know what I haven't seen is anything from Jake Reed yet. Yeah, you're right. It's been all Carter and Moss. Who's Ooh. 78? Was that Leon Lett? Leon Lett. Did he just get the sack? That's big. He did. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, 83 for the Vikings. Teams work. Yeah, downs the punt. That was Robert Tate. He was sort of their speed yeah. guy who they were always waiting for him to break out, and he never did. Also, we got a Chris Walsh sighting in that shot too. Nine, yeah, number eighty. Obligatory. Yeah, obligatory he, white guy. He came and spoke at my my peewee football end of year banquet when I was in like fifth or sixth grade. Dude, how was he? Was he was he good? He's a nice guy. Also, yeah. I think I think Ronnie was scheduled to do that gig this year, but it got <laughs> it got canceled. <laughs> Ronnie will do any any speaking gig, even peewee football banquets. How uh, the heck did Aikman miss that pass? I have no idea because the cover or the uh, the protection was impeccable. Forty four. That's Leon Horde or Leroy Horde. Dude, Leroy, Leroy. I love Leroy Horde. Greatest what greatest quote in Vikings history. Yeah. If you need three yards, I'll get you three yards. If you need five yards, I'll get you three. I'll yards. get you three yards, dude. I love Leroy Horde. Classic big back. Yeah, he was All their right, short it. yardage guy. So he probably had like six or seven touchdowns that year, and you know was just. Just a total vulture on short yardage stuff. Yeah. Dude, Patrick Aikman showing Jeffers. off the arms. Yeah, Aikman yeah, did Patrick have a Jeffers. I don't remember he Patrick did. Jeffers at all, but the Vikings just got toasted by a white receiver. That's a little disconcerting. Dude, and also not to be weird, but Troy Aikman, great looking guy. Yeah. Like young Troy Aikman. Yeah, really. Extremely handsome. He was sort of your all-American guy. Ooh, nice play. Dude, he was. There's Robert Griffith. That's Ooh. what we were waiting for. Dude, that's Robert Griffith teaching tape right there. That's how you tackle a fullback in the flat. 82 Ooh. for the Vikings. Was that Steve? Andrew uh, Glover. Andrew Glover, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think also from Grambling, if I'm not mistaken. I think they had two two Grambling guys on this team. Um, oh, nice coverage. Woodson. I forgot Aaron about Woodson. Woodson. Man, he yeah. was another scary safety who couldn't play today. Who got there a half a second too early yeah. in that play. One of my Chris favorite Carter things about is. Chris Carter is that when he ran the ball, did yours mm-hmm. just go to an ad? No. Okay, mine. Did yours? Yeah, hold on Rats. a second. I'm going to pause. I'm going to pause. So when you come out of the ad, I'm at five minutes and 54 seconds. All right, it's coming back. It just. All right, I'm there. All right. Just saw an overthrow in the end zone. Yep, yep. To Chris Carter. What I was saying is the way that Chris Carter ran the ball, his hands were so big that he yeah. would just. It, it's like watching you or me run with a tennis ball, and he would just Dude, hold it totally. one handed. Totally. Yeah, he, he had enormous hands. Oh, Gary Anderson this? drills the field goal, which is it knowing how this season ends makes me uh, even more sad it. about that. that hurts. He, was, he was perfect all season and, until he wasn't. Dude, also Stepnowski's not in this game. It's John Gisek playing center, which is disappointing for me. But it's okay, I'll get over it. I'm Dude, little, Aikman finding Irvin. I'm a little annoyed that the Vikings are playing John Randall on the edge so much in this game. Dude, there he yeah, is. You're right. There he is. He's under tackle. Yeah. Dude, maybe they felt like he would have a better shot not against Larry Allen. I don't know. Um, well, I think although they, Eric, they would do the classic thing where they, they would bring in two huge fat guys yeah, uh, to on early downs because it was still back when there were yeah. things called running downs. Run downs, yeah, for sure. Dude, who were some of those huge fat guys for you guys? Oh, in man, that era? who was it? that they, they had a bunch of bad nose tackles over the years. I think this was mm-hmm. post-Henry Thomas. Henry Thomas yeah, and John Randall played together in the mid-90s, and he was really good. Yeah. I'm trying to think yeah. who this Vikings defense – Chris Hoven came along after this. Dude, Chris Hoven was fun. Yeah, he was another one with like the barbed wire tattoo stuff. Yeah, red yeah. Hair. He, was a, he was an interesting one. He was a good player, but Dude, not – can we, can we talk about the barbed wire tattoo for a minute? <laughs> because as a, as a like wannabe tough guy in the 90s, I, I really like seriously thought about getting one, and I'm so glad I didn't. Yeah. Did you ever like entertain thoughts of the barbed wire tattoo, or was that a little before your time? Oh, hold on. Deep shot Ooh. to Randy Moss. There it is. Oh, and a flag. Oh, yep. That's what happens when you're covered by a slow safety who just mugs you. Exactly. This <laughs> is straight mugging. Oh, dude, look at he had like half of Randy Moss's jersey on that on that replay. No, I I avoided the. Uh, Oh, there goes Leroy Hoare. Just bruising. Dude, Leroy Hoare doing Leroy Hoare things. He got more things. than three yards. It. Look at that. I know. Uh, it. I, know I never it. considered a barbed wire tattoo because I was too young. I probably would have made a bad life choice had I been, you know, 18 instead of 14 in the late 90s. Exactly. Exactly. Dude, I love that uniform so much, It's man. killing it's so me. Pretty. I can't remember the Vikings. Uh, oh, goodness sake. Uh, yeah, they, you can't cover them. Who is Moss who, on a fade? Who was the Vikings fullback? 29. It was ch- uh, Chuck. Something Evans, I think. It's Chuck Evans? Charles Evans? Charles Evans. Charles Evans. Hold I on. That was let's, it. See what, let's see yeah. what Google has to tell us about this. Sorry, listeners. I'm typing. This is great fun for you. Know, you. No Dude, David Palmer was another guy, uh, another guy you guys had that I was intrigued by back then. Remember David Palmer? Oh yeah, he was there. He was their punt returner and kind of scat back third. Kind of slot guy. guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dude, there's Cunningham sailing one into coverage. Dude, Corey Stringer was a huge human being. Yeah, he was. That was the you funny thing about s- the Vikings' offensive line is the the right side of their offensive line averaged about three ninety. Their yeah. the rest of their offensive line averaged about two eighty. 
Yep. They just, it was so tilted. Oof, they just knocked Oof. everything. Dude, your pass rush is getting home in this game a little yeah. bit. It's fun to watch. Totally. Right, I'm pulling up the Vikings 1998 roster just for fun. Oh, Derek Alexander was one of their defensive ends. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Florida State product. Never quite lived up to expectations. Yeah, he was always just like a, again, a solid rotation guy. Charles Evans, that was the fullback. Yep, name. Charles Evans. Yeah, he was. Where'd he go to college? Clark Atlanta. Clark Atlanta, another HBCU. Dude, look at Randy Moss just taking a hitch <laughs> just, to the crib right there. My favorite thing about Moss was that he never looked like he was going fast. And he no, just, he was like loping. It, watching him run is like watching somebody walk on a moving sidewalk at the airport where they're going the same pace as everybody <laughs> exactly. else, but but like 15, 20% faster. Also, how do you miss that tackle if you're that corner? Like, come on. Yeah, I he was a lot stronger than you give him credit for. Like that he contested was. fade was. in the in the end zone. He just mugged that. Guy. Look at those stats: three catches, one hundred and sixty three yeah. yards, three touchdowns. Dude, just a really complete athlete, right there. Yeah, just yeah, big, just strong, silly. fast. Yeah, ball skills, the whole the total package. Yeah. There's Ed McDaniel and Dwayne Rudd combining to stop Irvin. Dwayne, Dude, Rudd, Dwayne, Dwayne Rudd. He was one of the most disappointing Vikings to me. Really? How so? Because he came into the league and he was, you know, 6'2", 245 pounds, ran like a four four five forty, and yeah. he was never better than an okay line. He just didn't make plays. He just Yeah, he was just an average NFL linebacker. Yeah, he just played his position fine, but he he never yeah. made plays. Yep. Which was always who's, annoying. Who's 87 for the Cowboys in this frame? I don't know. I'm looking up the Vikings roster. I'm trying to remember their defensive yeah. line. Tony yep. Williams was their nose tackle. Tony Williams, and Jerry Ball. I forgot about Jerry Ball. Dude, he late was... career Jerry Ball. Yes, that's incredible. He was a star for Detroit. Yeah, another ad for me. This is great. Oh, that's here right. I'll pause. I'm All at right. eleven twenty nine, and I'm there too. All right, Emmett just scored yep. off a nice block from Moose Johnston. I forgot Dwayne Cle- Dwayne Clemens. Yeah, uh, for the Vikings. I'm wondering if Jake Reed just sat this game out because I, we've seen be. we've seen Carter and Moss and Matthew Hatchett got Ma- a little frame time. Yeah, he was another one of those speed guys, deep threats. Yeah, yeah. Robert, Dude, Tate. can you check for me? Did Andrew Glover actually go to Grambling, or am I making that up? He did indeed. I'm looking at it right nice. here. Nice. Oh, Dude, Leroy Ford or is, just a, is putting on a show in this people. Game. Down oh my the goodness. Side. And look at Carter with the downfield block. Did Hort just break that for like 40? He did. Like a two-score game for Leroy Hort. This is amazing. <laughs> I want to know what his stats were that year. Dude, that'd be a good jersey. A Leroy Hort jersey. Really no, no one else would have yeah. that. All right, 1998 with the Vikings. He, Dude, he had nine touchdowns that year. Wow. 115 That's carries, incredible. 470 yards. So he averaged over four yards a carry, which isn't bad. Yeah. For his career, he, he averaged was, under four. He was the ultimate compliment to Robert Smith type of guy. Yeah, when he had 10 touchdowns the next year. So his, yep. his three years with the Vikings, he went four, nine, and 10 touchdowns. That's incredible. Just a great, like, red zone guy. Yeah. That was his, Dude, uh, you guess- that was his season long we just saw, I think. Because yeah. his season long was 50 yards. You guys had Kylie Wong on this team too, right? 52? Oh. Edge guy? Yes. <laughs> Out of Stanford? 
Yeah, Stanford. Man, the Vikings line. Oh, I forgot Pete Bursich was still on this team. Special teams dynamo. Yeah. Dude, I was on Pete Bursich's uh, radio show one time, I think. Ooh. Oh. oh. I didn't know Moss That would have been an ball. amazing play. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's a play he made so many times in his career, that like totally. adjustment where the re- he kind of steps back underneath the receiver. Well, oh, it was it's Jordan-esque, where he would like hang in the air for a super long time. Mitch Berger, the punter, just got one blocked. That was fun. He was the guy who was known for keeping a Snickers bar in his kicking shoe. So he'd Are come you kidding to the me? That's incredible. Yeah, he would, or he had, in his like in his non-kicking shoe, I guess, because you know he put yeah. on his his like soccer cleats or whatever to kick. He yeah, was yeah. a kickoff specialist and punter, and he would every time he kicked, he would come back and take a bite of a Snickers bar. <laughs> Dude, that's amazing. Just really random. Dude, another awesome special teams thing about uh, about this Viking team, Mike Morris, your long snapper. He long, oh, he snapped in the league for like twenty years. The superstar uh, Mike Morris. He's still a morning show yeah. host in Minneapolis. He kind of yeah. he has the voice like this, you know, uh-huh. the superstar. Like he would have been a pro wrestler if he wasn't a long snapper in the league. Yeah, exactly. And he yeah, and he kind of turned into like a bodybuilder type too. Oh man, yeah, so yeah, many- super. The Vikings defensive backs were game. so nondescript. They really <laughs> were, dude. They really so were. So there was Robert Griffith, and then Corey Fuller was number 27. He's the one I was trying to remember. Yep. Antonio Banks, Dwayne Butler, Ramos McDonald, Jimmy Hitchcock, Anthony Bass, Jimmy Orlando Hitchcock, Thomas, yeah. who was fantastic, but we're not allowed to like him because he's a rapist. Um, oh, no. Greg Briggs. Yeah. That's just a really bad defensive backfield. Yeah, yeah, dude, you're right. Corey Fuller was supposed to be the next Deion Sanders. He was one of the one of those guys out of Florida State um, who who didn't didn't really live up to the billing. Um, dude, can we can we talk for a minute about how cool Randall Cunningham looked in his uniform oh, in this yes. era? One of the coolest looking guys. Like Deion Sanders looked super cool in the uniform too, which he wasn't he wasn't dressed for this game. He must have been dinged. But uh, yeah, Cunningham just looked like he was. He was made to wear that uniform in that way. Yeah, he it, it was yeah because it was the era of like bigger quarterback shoulder pads. Yep, and you know, and then Aikman had like the flappy jersey sleeves, you know, yeah. to looser for throwing that the kind yeah. of classic thing. Whereas Cunningham had the wide receiver sleeves mostly. Yeah, which yeah, uh, pretty which, tailored, which suited him because he he actually looks like an athlete. <laughs> totally, man. Yeah, it gave him a really cool look for sure. I mean, it, um, so who who did he play for in his career? It was it just the Eagles and the Vikings? Um, I feel like he had a cup a cup of coffee with somebody right at the end. Let me uh, let me look it up in my studio. Randall um, Cunningham. Let's see. He played for oh, Cowboys and Ravens. That's right. Yeah, I knew that. There were a couple tacked on. I forgot right about there. the Ravens, and uh, yeah. I, I mean, I remember him with them. I have no recollection of him with the Cowboys. But that's, yeah, it was short. That's a solid selection of uniforms for him because you have the the eighties, yeah. nineties Eagles, which were just just delightful. The Vikings, Ugh. which in that era looked good, they have had some really they dog really uniforms good. over the years, but those were good ones. Yeah, the Cowboys. Say what you will, classic uniforms. And it's then the, a classic, Ra- the Ravens uniform. looked good on him because he looks good in in purple. He's one of the handful of guys who yeah. pulls off purple well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Dude, yeah, what a what a career for Randall Cunningham. Played until he was thirty eight, um, and played effectively. Like those those last years were all really effective years. Yeah. Um, 
and and took the sabbatical in 1996. Really interesting, man. Interesting guy. Um, Robert Smith Pipe, was he in early retirement? Did he, he just get out? He was. Before? Uh, let me see. I think he only played like eight years, maybe. Not even. Yeah. Let's see. Ha, not Robert Smith, the singer. Let's see here. Yeah. I'm looking it up. He played 93 to 2000. Yeah. So, yeah. so seven or eight years. Yeah. Yeah, and I, th- I think it was just a matter of he had had a number of knee injuries, like restructured knees, different things like that, yeah. uh, or rebuilt knees. And and then I, I think he might have been a concussion guy later in his career. I think career. so, too. Dude, listen to his stats, though. The last four years of his career, um, 1997, he had 1,200 yards rushing, 5.5 yards per carry. 98, he had almost 1,200, um, 4.8. 99, he had over 1,000, 4.6. 2,000, he had 1,500 yards rushing with a 5.2 average. I mean, this was a, a freak, man. And that's he retired um, after that. So he had his best year of his yeah. career at age 28 then he away. and then retired. Yep. Which the, the other thing that people always talked about him was he was like a, a biochemistry major or something in college, like a yeah. or pre-med or something. Like he was a... He could have super smart. He dude. kind of could have done anything he wanted, and now he's been on. Is it ESPN or NFL Network? Is yeah. it? And he's a really good commentator. Just very level headed, very smart, analytical. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. He's he was one of those guys who. I mean, it's probably good he walked away because he's had a great post playing career and probably feels a lot better because of it. But yeah, Definitely. he's he was he was a lot of fun to watch. He was another guy who the Vikings really struggled to replace. Um, until uh, Adrian Peterson. So they went from Robert yeah. Smith to like a whole series of just running backs. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, Scotty Graham and whoever else in there. Ontario and, Smith. Yeah, the steal <laughs> of the draft. Yeah, yeah. The Wizardator. Exactly. Um, the Wizardator. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, I love it, and, man. And uh, and then they then they got Adrian Peterson and who was sort of the I don't even know that Peterson was a good pick because they took him you know top top five yeah. or seven in the draft, but he was also the greatest running back of his era the, that, that decade. Yeah. And uh, a very yeah. singular talent. Dude, the, the thing about Adrian Peterson that was so remarkable was that he was, he was as punishing as the, the big back punishing type backs were, but as nifty as a little guy, you know, he had yeah. like D- David Palmer niftiness and like Mike Allstott thump. All in the same guy. Yeah, and and, and uh, his breakaway speed crazy. was was nuts. It's funny yeah. after watching Randy Moss and his breakaway speed, where you're like, oh, he's in second gear, going faster yeah. than everybody else. Peterson always looked like he was running faster than everybody else. You know, because oh, he totally, had like dude. he had like the head pump. He he looked like when Moss goes, it looks like a car coasting. When Peterson yeah. runs, it looks like a racehorse in the home stretch. You know, with like the dude, head totally. and the neck going and everything. Yeah, he was frenetic, man. He was frenetic. You knew you were going to like be sore if you tried to tackle him. Yeah, just a, a very complete player, very fun player. Talk about it. I um, mean, so he's sort of the opposite of Robert Smith in that he probably should have retired two years ago, but he just keeps yeah. ticking along. What is he now, like 34? And yeah. assuming there's an NFL season this year, he's probably going to come back on some team. Like he's he's still productive. It's just yeah. that the game doesn't have a place for guys who are kind of between the tackle bangers quite the same way it used to. Yeah, he's in that weird like Frank Gore twilight of his career where year after year you're like, huh, he was oddly effective. You know, he put up a couple of 
hundred yard games. And, he rushed for a thousand yards last, not, not the most recent yeah. season, the season before, like he, you know, came back yeah. with the Redskins and was just, uh, it's insane. yeah, shockingly effective for a bad, yeah, shockingly effective. That's a, that's a good way to put it. And provided Darius guys gets hurt again, he'll, he'll be there. Bell cow, bell cow back again this season. If we have a season, um, dude, speaking of like one, one little nugget of, current NFL news, which will not be current by the time this drops, but <laughs> Cam Newton getting released today by the Panthers. Oh, did he? They finally, I mean, no, yeah, that means our yeah, prediction of him that. to the Patriots can come true. Dude, I actually wrote a column about it. I, w- I was so enamored by our conversation that I, that I, I watched a bunch of cam tape and I put it into a column and, uh, Tristan and I, Tristan is our like resident, huge Pats fan in the household. And I'm one too. We are, we are both pulling for that now. So it was, but it was you, you were the, you were the catalyst for us being okay with that. So thank you, man. I, I, I was listening to, uh, the handful of NFL podcasts that have been put out, um, mm-hmm. in recent weeks, which there's not many cause it's only player movement, but, <clears throat> right. and it's so funny to hear the opinions cause you'll hear some guy like, so, so the one with, what is it called? The GM shuffle with Mike Lombardi. Yeah. yeah. Dude, um, I love that one so much yeah Lombardi's totally your cup of tea he uh yeah he was like there's no way in bleep that Belichick would bring in a guy <laughs> who's not trustworthy as a passer and then you go listen to like the the Monday morning quarterback ones through Sports Illustrated and they're like man there's a really decent chance Belichick's intrigued by this guy yeah 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 and I'm like well yeah, nobody knows anything nobody knows anything you know? but also I choose to ignore Mike Lombardi and say that I think he's going to go to the Pats, especially now that he's released. It doesn't even have to be a trade. Right. And Belichick is the master of the soft quarterback market, right? Like wait until a guy's value is the lowest. And then, and the thing is like, he can play guys off against each other because he's a free agent. Andy Dalton's still a free agent. There's totally the teams who want quarterbacks. Like there's, there's the three or four guys in the draft uh, it's a buyer's market right yes. now. I mean, Jameis Winston is still out there, right? Yeah, there's there's um, three legitimately good NFL starters. I mean, good in terms of like they're they're better than yeah. backups for sure, dude. Which that was a thing that surprised me was how bullish Lombardi was on uh, on Jameis going to the Pats, and and to me, like if you're if you're looking at uh, less than sort of <laughs> professional quarterback fits for the Pats. I, I would think he would take Cam over Jameis. Um, but that's just me. And Lombardi obviously knows more about this than I do. But uh but yeah, I would I would I would gamble on Cam to the Pats before Jameis to the Pats. But Lombardi also says a lot of things very boldly that if you go back and check him, you're like, yeah, that didn't happen. That's not true. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. He just yeah, everything so he says, he says with the certainty of like the Godfather. Yeah. You know, where he's very just convictional. like yeah, he, he just yeah. he just sort of is a walking Sopranos character, and uh, Dude, he totally is, which is what he wants to be yeah. most, I think. And it it which, is fun, but at the same time, he I feel like a little bit like he's living on experience he had in the league eight ten years ago because he always calls back on time working for Al Davis, and I'm like Al Davis was yeah, insane. Yeah. Okay, like yeah, that's true. His his teams haven't been good since John Madden was the coach. Other than I mean, I Dude. guess there was the the uh, the Gruden Gannon year, but. Yeah, yeah. No, totally, totally. Deep dive question on that show. Do you prefer um, Tate Frazier or Adnan Verk as the sidekick to Mike Lombardi? Uh, Tate Frazier. I think me too. Yeah, yeah. Ad- no Ad- no disrespect to Adnan Verk. See, but. no, on a show like that, because because Lombardi is so 
volatile. Having a mm-hmm. guy who's as like so Adnan is the consummate professional broadcaster can kind of do any yeah. sport he is knowledgeable he knows pop culture like he he does a good job with the content of the show but in terms of a personality yeah. fit having the sort of yeah. young shoot from the hip tate fraser yeah. personality next to like the cranky grandpa was a lot of yeah. fun and i thought it was a little it bit was better really really good yeah and adnan verk is just kind of a hype man from mike lombardi you know yeah um uh, which I mean, who wouldn't want that, right? Like, if I'm if I'm Mike Lombardi, I want a hype man. Well, know? I think I think Verk is a great he he's a great broadcaster. He's not a great personality. Yeah, and yeah, podcasts, no, that's well said. You know, as we know, after doing this for whatever six years, only work if the personalities mm-hmm. are interesting. And totally, the only reason people listen to our podcast is because they think that the two of us on the sports show and the three of us on the other show are interesting. It's not because we're geniuses or, yeah. you know, have insights that other people couldn't figure out. So, yeah. yeah, I find Verk just a little bit. He's a little bit blasé. It's the same yeah. reason why, like on the NBA ones, I don't like Adrian Wojnarowski's podcast because yeah. he's a genius of an insider and just boring as paint drying as a <laughs> exactly. podcast host. Exactly. Adnan Verk is the Todd Stussy of, uh, of podcast co-hosting. Oh, hold on. Ten uh, yards holding. Just bring, <laughs> exactly. bring it back. False start. Yep. Man, yep. the number of times I cursed loudly at the television because the Vikings <laughs> got a big play called back because of a Stussy holding penalty. I could, man, I, Dude, I, probably, so let's, uh, I probably owe some Hail Marys for that or something. Let's end the program by looking at, at Todd Stussy's pro football reference and uh, just – Kind of marvel at uh, at what we see. So Stussy, wow, two time Pro Bowler. That's that's curious to me. That's interesting. Oh, so ninety seven to ninety eight, he went to the Pro Bowl. That's because their offense was fantastic. I mean, he was a he was a fine player. Notice in that sure, in that, sure. that game that we were just watching, the Cowboys pass rush didn't really get home much. But yeah, um, he he was a reputation call for the Pro Bowl, as you know, as happens. Yeah. Like the the offensive lineman for the best team. Dude, you know what I'm noticing about Todd Stucey? Very durable. Played a lot of 16 game seasons. Yeah. Um, he was durable. He was available. Played till he was 37. Mm-hmm. So uh, tip the cap to Todd Stucey. I know you're listening wherever you are <laughs> um, around the, around the hearth practicing so, social distancing with the Stucey family. The, the Stucey's biggest problem was that he mm-hmm. played in an era when the left tackles in the league were, like he overlapped with the greatest left tackles in history. Yeah, that's true, dude. He was with like Jonathan Ogden, Tony Baselli, Orlando um, Pace, Orlando Pace. Um, yeah, who was it? Was it Anthony Munoz, who was kind of yeah. the tail end of his late career? career. Munoz, yeah, and, yeah. And that's so right, he, man. that's who everybody wanted. It was the true yeah. sort of back in the era of the true blindside protector. He's the kind yeah. of guy who would make an insane amount of money playing today because he totally, is a dude. perfectly yeah. reliable, adequate right. tackle yeah. in a league where those are incredibly hard to find. He would be like the Andrew Whitworth of today or the, um, you know, the, the, uh, Nate Solder of today. Um, yes, dude. Yeah. Willie Rofe played in his era. Yep. It was just a, it was a golden age of, of tackles. Um, well, really so, interesting. Yeah, that I mean, it's an interesting year because there was so few, you know, two hundred and fifty pound speed rushers. It was still an era where you wanted to set up the pass with the run. So being a left tackle was a different thing than, um, than it is now, where it 
you want got you want tackles that are almost more like basketball players now in terms of build and uh agility which is just yeah. a, it's just a different game than it used to yeah. be yeah yeah definitely man definitely well pipe this has been uh this has been a lot of fun man it's been I'm fun for us there. i have no idea if the listeners will like it but you know we do this for us I hope they like it. I kind of don't care though, because I kind of want to do another one of these next week. So yeah. let me uh, let me utilize some of this uh, quarantine time to find another perfect Vikings film, and uh, we can we can maybe plan on doing another one of these. Or maybe but, uh, maybe but we I... can break down a classic basketball game, like, uh, Ooh, like a, yeah, like maybe a Seattle uh, Seattle Sonics. Sean Dude, Kemp, I watched Gary Payton. right before like the heavy quarantine stuff hit. Uh, I was still going into my office some and I watched uh, I have this huge TV screen in my classroom and me and the great Michael Chapman, one of my students, we watched a, a Sean, Sean Kemp, Gary Payton game. And it was uh, it was sublime. It was really fun. So, yeah, let's let's pick the perfect like condensed, you know, late 90s Supersonics game. And uh, we'll we'll dial that one up for next time. Here's another idea. Just as long as we're throwing yeah. this stuff out. What about we rejudge dunk contests? Dude, I would love that. I would love that. Like a a late nineties dunk contest where they always had Tom Chambers was always like the the token white guy. And um yeah, dude, th- that would be so fun. Let's do that. Let's do that for the next one. We'll rejudge a dunk contest. All right, that sounds fun. Awesome. And we'll get to go like deep dive into the uniforms, the warm-ups, the just the ethos of the dunk contest back then. Yeah, great idea, Pipe. I love it. Well, Piper, we've done what we always do on this program in that we have actually we've done what we never do on this program, which is <laughs> which is stay on topic. Down 1998 Vikings film. So uh, we, we've done a new thing. And until next time, Todd Stussy. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Our world can feel chaotic, and uncertain. But we don't have to live enslaved to fear. Christ has promised me and you his peace and throughout scripture has provided powerful tools and practical steps to help us experience greater freedom. I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, inviting you to join me and my team as together we learn how to starve our fears and feed our faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com or wherever you access podcast content.